Welcome to the 176th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on April 19th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show with me is the other half of the show, co-host Carlos Rodella. How you doing, Carlos? Hello, I'm the other half. I have a full beard, and I haven't gone outside in a million years. Are you growing a beard for real? I was, actually. A, you're not supposed to like <laughs> ask me. I was just going to go the illusion that I had one. But now I have to tell the truth, and no, I finally shaved it. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen you with any kind of facial hair. Maybe like what? one day's worth of stubble. I'm, oh, I don't think brand. you see me so. much then. I, I, yeah, I always have something going really? on. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, people who listen to the show or for a long time, or maybe people who followed us back when we were doing, um, you know, podcasts in the past, like, I know that we would record like maybe like once a week and I would drive up to your house because we live fairly close together, but I don't remember you having anything. What do you usually rock? Like a little goatee or a mustache? It's or what just do you like whatever's do? underneath the chin just kind of keeps growing, you know, in a downward fashion. And uh, and that's always been on my face like forever. And whenever I shave, I look like I'm 16 years old and it's weird. Interesting. Yeah. I have never noticed that. Huh. Well, I did let it go crazy for a while and it was like really, really like tufts of hair almost like it was pretty there's a lot of stuff going on and I, I just couldn't deal with it i just like was it was frustrating me so i got it all rid of it all and now it's like back to normal are you like a patchy guy like can you get a pretty good beard going or like what is what is your facial hair like is it like if you left it alone would you look like a mountain man or does it look kind of like weird it looks like a mixture of mountain man and weird it's just like it's it, it goes all the way around my chin it's just that it's like it kind of goes outward you know so it's just, it's crazy. I'll take a picture next time. All right. We'll, we'll post it on the show notes. We'll examine Carlos's facial hair in, in detail. <laughs> Welcome we'll to talk, the beard fact, cast. We're spinning off a second podcast. It's going to be what's on Carlos's face this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, folks. I guess that's enough talking about hair. Um, before we get into games this week, let's check the script and see if we have any housekeeping going on. Carlos, I see that you have made a note. Do you have some housekeeping issues to bring up uh, before we get into games? Yes, yeah, so I'd like to clean house on two things. One, there was a game I mentioned in a previous episode uh, called Immortal Legacy Jade Cipher. Yes, I remember. It was a terrible game. It still is. And it was probably made It was made for VR, as we uh, discussed, and should have probably never been made for anything but that. Uh, but they made it a first-person version on console, and I hated it. But... I forgot to mention the biggest weird thing about that game is the main character's voice is none other than Doug Cockle. Now, do you know who that is? That sounds really familiar. He's the guy, is he the guy that did Legacy of Cain? I don't, he might have. I, I only got two credits, so one's the shocking credit. One is uh, Victor Vran, which I love that game. Did you ever play I that? Have, I have not played it, but I know of it. I've not it's played like, it, though. It's like Van Helsing, Diablo, um, Warhammer. It's like that kind of game, top down. What is the other credit? Fucking Geralt from Witcher. Oh, shit. It's Geralt from Witcher. <laughs> and that's what scared me and freaked me out the most when I started that game. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be a good game. Geralt's in it. If they can afford Geralt, well, these guys must be rocking. Well, maybe they spent their budget on Geralt and did oh. not spend it on development. Yeah, it is weird that he's the voice. And by the way, that voice actor really can't be anything other than Geralt. I mean, how do you see him as anything else? It's like that, like, and I'm uh, 
no no disrespect to anybody here, but that you saying that reminds me of I'm gonna totally blank on his name, but the guy that does the voice for um Lee Everett from The Walking Dead. Um oh, I loved right. him as Lee. I forget what his name is. I apologize, whoever this actor is, because uh, he does a great job. But every time I heard him after that, I always heard, oh, it's Lee, but he's doing a slightly different voice. And it sounds like Lee to me. So I right. know the voice acting is real tough and no disrespect to anybody, but I get what you're saying. Like sometimes those actors just have a very distinctive quality to their voice. Yeah, it's just so weird that he was in that game. So interesting. Um, the other real quick piece of housekeeping is that I saw a tweet recently about the Polymega. And have we ever mentioned that on this show? Uh, I, what is the Polymega? You have to refresh my memory. I recall seeing it in Twitter, but I don't think I was paying attention. It's one of those consoles that are basically like the emulator style that like plays many different, um, game systems. And which one does this one do? It has add-ons. And so you actually buy like a base unit and then you buy whatever system you want, like as an attachment, I guess. Is it just for old 16 bit stuff? Yeah. What range are we talking about? Yeah. Like uh, Genesis, Nintendo, uh, Turbo Graphics and, um, Genesis, etc. And okay. The okay. reason why I was excited about it, I think back in the day, was because it was one of the only kind of emulator ones, I think, for Turbo, my favorite system ever. And um, the TurboGrafx Mini's coming out uh, later this year. It got delayed because of all of the um, shipping stuff and, you know, I think the coronavirus as well. But Polymega just start, started showing up in tweets again. And um, I had forgotten about it. But so I just thought we'd, um, I don't know, research it because. I would love to have a system like that at the house where I could just like play a ton of old systems in one. That is cool. I've always been kind of fascinated by those. And uh, I have, well, it's kind of weird because I don't know about you, dude, but like back in the day when I was young and I was playing a lot of console games, like, you know, like when I was playing the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, um, in that period, I was really broke. My family did not have a lot of money. And I didn't really buy a lot of games. So either we would rent games because that was a thing that you could do back in the day was you could go to a physical store, yep. usually a video VHS rental store, and they would also have games. And so we rented a lot of games. And every once in a while, I would buy a game when I saved up enough money, but then I would have to trade it in. Like there was a shop that would like buy an old game from you and then you, they would give you like 20 bucks or something. And you could put that towards a new game, which is what I did a lot because we couldn't really afford to just keep buying games. And so... I have I have some games from back in the day, like I have an okay collection of games, but I don't have nearly as many games as I played. So whenever somebody's like, oh, they have a, a retro thing, I'm like, cool, but it kind of makes me sad because I didn't really own that many games back then. So mm. even if I bought one, I'm not sure that I would have enough cartridges to make it even work. You know, what about you? Do you have a big pile of cartridges at your house? Yeah, I don't. And that's why I've always been a, like... Um... Uh, believer in the emulation stuff because it's just not technically possible and also it's like too expensive for a ton of people to just try all these games and I know I have tons of friends who are like you know really really devout to the retro consoles and retro systems and games and if you can find the game and you have the money that's great but there's a ton of people that a don't have the money but b yeah just don't have those uh, cartridges so I think I don't know I'll research it but uh, because of course this podcast doesn't do research but no not at all we'll we'll try to like round up maybe do like a whole episode on the roundup of like what uh retro console like ones that do emulation because i'd love to just start i don't know reviewing them because i feel like there's so many out there and this is just another one so maybe on a that future episode cool. yeah. yeah that might be pretty cool i have a friend of mine um i will not name him on this podcast just in case he doesn't want to be named but uh he is one of those guys that really loves 
the retro stuff and he's he's like legit like he wants the the old cartridge he wants the old hardware he doesn't want to do um any of that stuff for himself uh and so he'll he'll restore old consoles he'll like do the like the soldering and the rewiring and he'll like totally get in there and do it um which is really cool and he tried to get me into it and i'm like this is cool but i just don't love it like you do i just kind of don't care about having the old piece of hardware i'd be much more interested in emulation so he gave me a raspberry pi that i want to say had like 1800 games on it oh yeah and i'm like man this is pretty dope but i ended up just like not really playing him a lot so i'm not sure that i mean even though i have like this thing that i could hook up i mean it's very cool just plugs right into my tv no problem i i think i probably spent maybe half an hour looking at old favorites and then i moved on because there's so many new games coming out I can't even keep up with the new stuff, let alone go back to play the old stuff. I don't know. Would you actually go back and play retro stuff if you had this this emulator or one of these these uh, emulator boxes? Like, would you go back and do that? Yeah, select games because, like, I think I've done this like two or three times where I go, "Hey, wait a minute, what about emulation?" And like, it's a, it dawns on me all over again. Like, I could be playing these old games uh, even if I don't own them, and then I do that, and then I have I do kind of what you said, and I get overwhelmed by how many I could start, and yeah, I have all these new games to, to look at. So I think with the right system and with the right controller, wireless, and the right you know comfortable feeling on my couch, if one can set it up that way um, for me to play old school TurboGrafx games, I will do that for um, just certain games. Like I oh. want to beat books, ease, uh, ease books one and two. Like I really want to beat that. I never did when I was a kid. So... Yeah, there's games like that, and especially with save states, right? So then, then you have the ability to beat games that only had continues, and you like got screwed and could never beat it. So, yeah, yeah, there's sure. a lot there, I think. So interesting, interesting. Okay, well, anyway. maybe we will circle back and we'll see. Maybe this might be a topic in the future, folks. If you're interested in that, if you want to hear about that, please drop us a line uh, on email or Twitter. Let us know that you want to hear about that, and we will definitely make an effort to cover it. We will talk about the. Uh, ways to reach us at the end of the show in the oh. meantime i say let's get into it unless you've got anything else carlos no i was just gonna say was that person you're talking about was that was that doug cockle uh no doug cockle is very busy doing voiceovers okay, okay. Uh, it's just not doug sure. yeah <laughs> all right folks uh let's get into the meat of the show today carlos we're going to start with you we got a couple appetizers before we get into the main courses um on the script, it says you're going to be talking about a quote-unquote Switch game that you hate. So what is this Switch game that you hate? Yeah, I'm going to uh, channel my inner Brad again. And All right. It's got to be coming your outer Brad also. Well, it's my it's my it's just my true self at this point. But <laughs> it is definitely like um, a staple, it seems like, that you have a Switch game that you hate pretty much almost every episode, I'm going to say. But, it's so easy to do that because if you play a game for 15 minutes and you hate it, then you got something to talk about and you, you have like whole rest of your day. Well, that's what I did for you and the podcast and listeners. What do you uh, got? So I was intrigued by this idea of this game because also it was $5. But it was called Nirvana Pilot Yume. And you spell that? Nirvana, like Nirvana, Pilot, uh -huh. and then Y-U-M-E. Y-U-M-E, okay. So I was just intrigued by the weirdness of the premise and the trailer, which essentially was 80s music uh f-zero type racing and sexy situations sexy situations wait and multiple endings is there like so i mean a racing okay is there like a a dating sim aspect to this or where does the sexy situation come in it's just a story so like it's a, it's an interactive story about you and particularly 
women, they're not scantily clad at least yet, but women who are, um, they merge with you to do racing, <laughs> which what? means, which means essentially there's one person in the, like the spaceship that is in the race. And then they merge with you. Who's like maneuvering them somehow. Like you kind of mind link. And that's what the story's about. Like two people like mind linking for a race and the spaceship part of the game looks like an F zero type, you know, you're seeing or wipe out. You're seeing a little spaceship go forward in, in a racing fashion, but it's really, really like fast and obstacles come up, apart or come at you really quickly and so you've got to make split decisions really fast or you're just whole spaceship blows up um would you say it feels a lot like f-zero basically because i'm looking at pictures it looks roughly like f-zero like a wipeout f-zero it should yeah but it's it's terrible because the control is just too fast like basically everything that comes towards you on this uh track it just comes up so fast that you have to be split decision left and right and jump and also, they don't tell you the controls right away very well. So uh, I didn't even know how to jump in the beginning. But um, essentially, the story part is interesting. I didn't get into any sexy situations, but it seemed like immediately there was like a woman who liked me and wanted to like learn from me. And then we're like merging together and we really have to meditate a lot for it. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of setup for like some sexy stuff that's going to happen. A lot of foreplay going on. A but lot nothing... of sexy race car foreplay. Okay. Space okay. car foreplay. Space but car. Th- the only problem is I can't get far enough because I just fucking hated the game. Like when you, when you explode, it. it <laughs> oh jeez. Ah uh, yes. Well, that was you saying that. You, your mind. You, you said that, dude. You. Well, you, your your spaceship does explode. Anyways, when you crash, um. You basically every time you crash, like the screen gets like messed up because your mind connection with her is like, you know, breaking, which I thought was interesting. And the more you crash, the worse it gets. So it's like hard to so, even like, see. So like it actually literally like looks worse. Yeah, like glitches it. on the screen and stuff, okay, you know. Okay. But because it's not so it's like terrible and not fun to play, like you don't want to get better at it cuz you just feel like you can't. It just feels like randomly you're going to hit something that's coming at you and you can't I just never felt like I was in control of my spaceship. Mm. So I can, I'll never play it ever again because I just can't stomach like playing that gameplay. But it seemed interesting. Uh, and I like the 80s music. But I mean, what you're describing sounds interesting. I'm always up for a good sexy situation. And uh, mind melding sounds interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I can be drift compatible with some random space pilot chick that seems like an interesting premise but i'm terrible at racing games in general like any racing game i suck at like they, it is a, a genre i am no good at and i'm real bad at like f-zero or Wipeout. oh or you'll die th- yeah. right out yeah, yeah i'm no terrible way. at those so so i'm like okay at those and i died every second like it's just not like they, they just they didn't do their homework on the gameplay part. oh man and, and no. there's multiple endings and stuff like that so um so that game is shite but I will say this. I also saw a game right next to it that I will um, be playing tonight, and I will talk about next episode. It's called Can Androids Pray? The music oh, looks yeah. amazing. The story seems amazing, and it seems like such a different experience that I'm going to go to that now. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I bought that on Xbox One a while ago, and I never got around to it. So if you're going to play that for next episode, 
Maybe I will bump it up on mine, and maybe the two of us can talk about it next time. Okay, yeah, because uh, the one on the Switch is called Can Androids Pray Colon Blue? Yep, I, that's yeah, that's it. Okay, yep. so fucking it looks cool as shit and really amazing music. So Nirvana Pilot, you may skip and check out maybe Can Androids Pray. Excellent, excellent. All right, I've got a couple of quick things to mention before we get into the, the heavier topics here. Um, first, I played a game called Surviving the Aftermath that is currently on Xbox One, the early access preview program on Xbox One, um, kind of becoming a little cottage industry on the Xbox where a lot of games that are in early access on PC come to the Xbox and nowhere else. So that's an interesting thing that they've got going for them that I'd like to check out once in a while uh, because I don't play anything on PC and and this program allows me to take a look at some of these things. So that's neat. Um, Surviving the Aftermath is a... I mean, I don't know how to even describe it, honestly, because it's in a genre that I don't really play that much. It's kind of like a sim where you're building a city, but it's also kind of like a real-time strategy where you're gathering resources and dispatching people to go do things. Basically, what happens is you're, you know, it's it's post-apocalyptic, and it's got like a sim city sort of view, like a top-down. You got a god view, and you're looking at, you know, things from up above. Uh, you can choose how bad the area is. It'll be like, oh, it's it's still hot with radiation. It's terrible here. Or it'll be like, oh, it's not too bad. There's some safe patches and we're getting by. Or it can be, oh, nature has reclaimed this area and now it's 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 okay to live here. Like, you know, like basically like hard, medium, and easy. Uh, there's a whole bunch of settings you can change, like how tough are your survivors, uh, how, how, uh, how populated are the resources. So there's a whole bunch of toggles you can go through and kind of, you know, customize the experience for yourself. Um, and I saw a trailer and the trailer looked really cool because I do like the post-apocalyptic settings. I like the idea of like kind of building your own little, um, area to be in. And especially after playing Frostpunk, which I ended up, I, I ended up really liking despite not liking it at first, but once I got into it, really liked it a lot. And I've been trying to find another game that, that does what Frostpunk does. And I'm finding more and more that Frostpunk is basically its own thing. Like I can't find another game that does the same thing as that. So start playing surviving the aftermath uh it's got a fairly good tutorial uh and i start you know start my little settlement i've got a little i build a house and then i got some settlers and they collect some wood and they collect some food and then they build a well to get some water and i'm kind of just building things and then after a while like some i don't know radiation storm or something comes through and kind of messes things up and then you got to like recover from that i mean it's fine it's if you like these kind of games, like these sim games, um, I, go for it. Like I think it's okay. It's still in early access. They're adding stuff to it all the time. I think I'm playing like the oh something just came out for it. I think it's like the sixth time they've added something to it, and they just seems like they're just going real gangbusters on it. So still in production, still growing, still changing. Uh, they had just added a bunch of new systems, um, but I didn't see what it was like before, so I can't say how different it was. But according to the patch, it's a lot of stuff. So if you like those kind of games. Check it out on the Xbox One, Surviving the Aftermath. Um, after dipping in, I don't know that this is something I'm going to pursue because I, I don't think it's exactly what I'm looking for. But I think that what it is is pretty cool, and I appreciate that you can play one of these games on the Xbox One. So if you like Sims, if you like managing a little city and growing it up, if you like you know taking over territory and expanding your population and you want to do it in a post-apocalyptic setting, this might be the thing for you. It's not the thing for me, just personally. Uh, but it might be the thing for you. But is there like is there an ending to it, or is it more just like you play it for fun? Um, hard to say, and I'm not sure because it's in early access. I'm imagining that there probably will be a campaign later. I don't think yeah. there is one now. It's kind of just like look at the systems, look at the moving pieces, 
And, you know, like I said, like they had just added a bunch of stuff. They had added a different kind of combat, a different kind of currency, um, stuff like that. So it's, it's real easy um, to get a good look at it and where it's going to go, but it's hard to say what it's going to be like at the end. Although I would very easily imagine that there's going to be a campaign at some point. It's not there yet, though. Yeah, especially with the post-apocalyptic thing. I feel like all those sim games I can't play anymore unless there is some sort of campaign. Um, if I if I have something invested in it, like seeing the progress, then I can do it. But if it's just like, hey, here's, here's some fun system to do, then I just I don't want to do it. Oh, dude, 100% agree with that. I mean, that's like with any game that I play now. I mean, and it's not necessarily that there's a campaign in terms of like, I need to have a story. I mean, that helps. And that's that's my preference. But there has to be like an end point for me. Like I have to like have the goal of beating the game or rescuing all the survivors or making it to the new land or something. Like you said, like if it's just a bunch of systems, that's cool. And I know a lot of people get into it. But for me, there's like no appeal in just seeing how these moving pieces fit together. I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. And then I just move on because there's nothing really to do, you know, like yeah. I don't, I need a goal. So anyway, that is surviving the aftermath. Check it out. If you want a post-apocalyptic sim game that is in early access, uh, looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. So heads up on that. Um, the other game I want to give a quick mention to is snakey bus, which just came out for PS4. I believe it's on Xbox one as well. And switch. Uh, I was thinking about checking it out. Every time I look at it, I see that bus, are there, is it a train or is it a bus? It is a bus, but it looks like a train. It looks like a train. Yeah, okay. yeah. Have you never played it before? No, I just keep seeing it, and I'm like, I really am interested in that weird thing. Oh, man. I don't know the history of this game. It's an indie game, but I remember it being really, really popular a while ago. I don't know if it was one or two years ago or whatever, but I remember in indie circles, this game kind of blowing up, and I remember hearing about it and you know, kind of making a mental note. Oh, when this ever comes to console, I'll check it out. Here it is. It's in console now, so I'm checking it out. Uh, and this, oddly enough, I'm glad you kind of queued that up for me. This is kind of one of those systems games where there's not really like a goal to it. Mm. Um, what it is, is you have a bus and you drive around real fast in various places. It starts you out in a dorm room so that the bus is teeny tiny and you're inside like a college dorm room and you're driving around like the floor and stuff. Wait, Uh, what? That's how it starts? That's how it starts. And then there's other maps you can pick from. Uh, The next map is Seattle which was downtown Seattle near Pike Place Market, which I thought was kind of cool. I recognize some landmarks there. It's not like a one-for-one remake, but if you're from Seattle, you will definitely recognize Seattle in the map there. That was kind of neat. There's a museum map, and you know, there's, there's a variety of different maps. It gets kind of more weird and whacked out as you go, uh, but you have to unlock those by getting high scores. Uh, but basically what happens is you have a bus, drives real fast, and what you do is you drive through bus stops. You don't stop. You just like drive through it. And people standing at the bus stops will get, like, vacuumed into your bus. And then you just keep going. Like, you're just hauling ass around this track. And every time you deliver a load of passengers to the bus stop where they want to go, you get extra length to your bus. So, like, you might start out with being a single single bus. And then the first time you drop off people, you get, like, a double bus where there's, like, that little bendy part in the middle where the bus is, like, really mm-hmm. long. And then it just keeps going and going. And, like, eventually you've got three sections, five sections, 10 sections, 20 sections to your bus. So then you end up looking more like a train than a bus. And that's probably what you're looking at when you see that little um, picture. And so, so the hook to this is like, you got to keep driving. You can't really stop. You got to keep moving, but that your, your bus is getting longer and longer and longer. And so eventually you're going to get so long that like you're doubling back and like, you're seeing your own tail end as you're making loops around the path. So like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit, there is this other bus in the way. Oh, wait, that's my back end. I need to get around that. I need to, like, 
uh, you know, find a new path. So like it kind of like you get so long that you're taking up the roads because you're just really huge. And so you've got to figure out new ways to go. Um, you have a jump so you can jump over yourself to kind of like make little loops. And so eventually you just become like this gigantic like Roboros snake bus thing kind of driving around. And if you ever get stuck, like if you, you, you hit the back of yourself and you can't make any forward progress or if you hit a dead end and you can't move forward, I think the game gives you like five seconds to get unstuck. And if you can't get unstuck, then it's game over. And then you get like a, you know, whatever score you got is what you got. So, I was going to ask if you start crashing into things, but it seems you like do. you do. Yeah. yeah. Do you lose yeah, sections of your bus or your ass or whatever? No, you don't. It's like, you just keep growing. You never lose sections. And it just makes it harder and harder to drive because you're taking up more and more of the road. Mm. And so you eventually have to get real creative with like how you jump and like, you got to kind of think ahead about how you're going to turn. So you're like, Oh, well, if I took a left turn here, when I come back, I should take a right turn. And then when I come back the third time, I should jump over. And then you got to like, you know, in your head, kind of like plan it out. So you're not trapping yourself. It's kind of a neat idea, but this is one of those like systems heavy games. And it was fun for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. And then once I got like what it was doing, I'm like, okay, cool. And I just wasn't really like super. Yeah. yeah. I mean, more of like a novelty. I don't know if it came from a game jam or something, but Dude, we'll need for 10 minutes. It sounds like crazy taxi mixed with snake basically yeah that's basically a good good summation of it so if you want to check it out i think it's like five or six seven bucks or something like that on the consoles it's fine i mean it's it's neat but not something that's really going to keep me coming back for the long haul and like i said after my first session i think me and the wife played it for maybe 20 minutes and we were both like uh, done hey we get it yeah we get it so there you go snaky bus and surviving the aftermath all right let's get to the meat of the episode Carlos, you've been putting a lot of time into Final Fantasy VII Remake. We talked about it last episode, and I think we talked about the demo um, on the episode before that. Have you finished it by this point? Yes, I finished it today. You, all right, so you finished it. You rolled credits. Um, of course, no spoilers right now, but how about you give us a wrap-up? What are your final thoughts? Any ideas, things you want to discuss, anything that we should know? Let's just kind of do the wrap-up on Final Fantasy VII, but spoiler-free. Yeah, spoiler-free, and this is essentially going to be like a second uh, half of the thoughts from the game because on the th first time we uh, brought it up on this podcast i kind of went through a bunch of the stuff these are some uh final thoughts kind of like the second half of the game again spoiler free but also very specific things because i want to call them out because they're either ridiculous or um i'm just mad at them so <laughs> uh but and but overall let me just summarize and say overall i really enjoyed the experience i am very excited about the um continuation of these stories and i'll get into what i think those are going to be but very much had a great time with it and you know i like a game if i like work really hard at beating it because if a game just kind of falls off my radar or your radar both of us um that's it like there's probably no going back to it and if it sticks with you um similar to like recently uh greedfall and a, a bunch of other games then i 100 percent have to like really push and i want to see the ending so that's what this game is enjoyed it fully there's some issues but uh like we mentioned last episode i switched it to alternate mode not normal and not uh turn-based but alternate mode right yes i remember okay i'm just reiterating that it's called alternate mode it's and not, not it's mode. not easy mode yes um because i actually have a video that i will share with you uh and we can share maybe in the the website page for this uh, podcast but there's a there's a battle near the end that if anybody called that easy, like I don't know what planet you're on, because even in 
alternate mode, there was so much like healing and dodging and special moves. And it was crazy, you know, and that's in the alternate mode um, setting. So there's a lot of uh, skills still to be had in that version. But uh, yeah, so I'll say at some point in a lot of RPGs and in this one, definitely, you don't want to do the side quest anymore. You're like, okay, it's interesting that they padded this a little bit with a ton of side quests. And the very first town, I did all of them, right? Like, oh, like how many was in the first town? Give us an idea. Like eight. And how many, like how long were they? Like, are they like, go get an item, come back, you're done? Or is it like, are they all like an hour each? Or like, no, what are we talking? like 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20. Um, some monsters fighting, sometimes just finding things. But they all seemed interesting. And I definitely got some um, early game stuff that helped. So I would suggest people like do it again in the beginning. Like hit that game, have a lot of fun do all the side quests, but then about halfway through, you're like, okay, let's just get this campaign. Cause you're so interested in what's going to happen with the characters. So at some point I got my last side quest that I was going to do because a little girl was like looking at one of those jukeboxes that has music in them. And she's like, Hey guys, um, could you find me some music? I did, <laughs> I don't have all the regular songs and I would love to find some more songs. And it's like quest updated. And I go, nah, kid. Nah, nah, I'm not going to do that for you. You know, you're like own, you're on your girl. own, little brat. Get out of here. Uh, and I was like, that's it, fellas and ladies. We're, we're stopping side quests. <laughs> she was the, the straw that broke our camel's back. Was so, there a lot of stuff going on in the main quest? Because, like, I like doing those quests as long as there's nothing else going on. But if it's like, oh, my God, someone got kidnapped. We've got to go rescue them. Hold up. This little girl needs to, like, fill up her iPod. Like, yeah. Is it, like, is it one of those things, or is it in a place where nothing was really going on? I can't on? remember. It ha Like, that happens, and then sometimes it doesn't. Like, sometimes, yeah, there's like, well, we should probably go do this, but we can wait for a while. But you don't want to at some point. You know, you really yeah, are invested. Yeah. So I was invested, screwed all the side quests over, and said, no way. And then we get to the area where it's like, okay, you can't come back from this. You know those areas and games? Do it's they like, give you a pretty clear warning? This is, yeah, the, yeah. This is well, the final run. Well, it's ridiculous. It does it twice near the ending of the game. Once, it's the characters themselves are like, hey, Cloud, are you serious? Like, we could be helping a lot of people. And I'm like, no, dude, fuck off. That little kid wanted fucking songs. No, we're going. And then I go to say, yes, I want to keep going. And it asks me again. And I'm like, no, seriously, we're going. So we went, and then later in the game, near the uh, like real ending, because there's like a lot of like, oh, this really isn't the ending. They asked me again if I wanted to like go back and do stuff, because there's like VR missions, and and I'm like, no. So, anyways, I was kind of Did annoyed you by the VR asking. missions. There are VR missions, yeah, that you can like battle. with the actual PSVR stuff. No, 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 no. Like uh, they're like just arenas that you can go fight like oh, digital okay, monsters. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's just like a leveling up thing, you know. Um, okay. So here's a couple things near the ending that are, are spoiler-free that are frustrating and interesting. One frustrating thing is, fuck helicopters. So helicopters are in video games all the time, and they, for some reason, are like the most powerful thing. You're like got these magical abilities, slaying demons, and if a helicopter comes by, oh no, you might get shot with its guns and like be in trouble. And this game doubles down on that. There are so many fucking helicopters and they're all super strong and everybody's always like hiding behind something because they don't want to get shot by the helicopter. And there's a section near the end where you trying to run and get past the helicopter, but you have to time it exactly right or the shots hit you and they don't just hurt you. They push you back 
Do you know what I mean by that? Like they push you. Like you get staggered a little bit. You get staggered. Well, not a little. You can't get past it. And oh, I was like, oh, so it prevents you from moving forward. It prevents like, you from okay. moving forward, gotcha, and you have to do gotcha. it exactly right. And I go, oh, my goodness. And then later on in the game, there's another helicopter that shows up, and there's just so many damn helicopters, and they're always the most badass thing, and it's stupid. So fuck helicopters. They're not that strong. You can jump up in your air with your fucking sword cloud and cut in half. Um, also stupid, near the ending. Now, this sounds like I didn't enjoy the game. I love the game. But these are things that developers should not do. Near the ending of the game, it makes you switch between different characters. Even if you like Cloud or whatever, you have to be different characters sometimes. Sure, for story and reasons or whatever. Story reasons. Yeah. yeah. And in this one, near the end, you think you've finished everything. A big robot comes out, of course, and you've got to fight him. But I was Barrett and Aerith. And I had recently not cared about Barrett and put this weird gun on him, which wasn't a gun. It's a cannonball thing that he just hits people with. Right, so it's, so it's a melee thing, right? Oh, okay. So he right? can't fire. It. So he can't like fire, a... right? But okay, then all of a sudden, you. near the end of the game, I'm stuck with to to beat one of the last bosses. I'm stuck with him and Aerith, Aerith who can't really do much. God bless her heart, but she, I can't ever seem to attack with her. And Barrett has no gun, and you have to shoot these drones that are protecting the robot. If you don't shoot the drones, the robot doesn't get hurt. Can you not switch in the middle of a battle, like reequip him? No, no, I have Barrett, but he has no guns. I know, but like, couldn't you change? Like, didn't, no. didn't he have something else in his inventory? No, his loadout. You can't change his loadout in the middle of the Oh, can't change it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I had to uh, endure, like, Aerith trying to shoot her little piddly wand <laughs> at the drones and wait for, like, you know, melee uh, opportunities. It was atrocious. So Ooh. I don't know how they didn't test that in QA. That sounds rough. It seems like he should at least always have some kind of fallback ability. Like, you know, in games that do that, where where you may have to shoot something, but it's possible to also do melee, they usually give your character a, a, a gun, even though it might suck, but at least you'll always have it and you can't get rid of it so that if you get into that situation, you've at least got a pea shooter to shoot with so that you're not totally stuck. He didn't, yeah. have, he didn't have anything like that. No, he didn't have anything. He had oh, the only man. thing he had is like one of those like uh, limit break things where if you get enough um, charge up, you can shoot yeah. his special yeah. shot. But that was I had to wait for that. So I think it was like 30, 40 minutes or something of fighting this robot. Oh, it just my felt God. Terrible. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Oof. So minus that, those two things, helicopter stupid. That section was stupid. In general, most of it was pretty great. Like um, the pacing was pretty good when you step to the main story missions. I, I like how they slightly changed the game itself and that's kind of what i want to end on is that what was really brilliant about the game brilliant is that in game like as part of the lore as part of the game world itself the developers essentially talked about the original final fantasy 7 and how this one was different because in the game there's these uh ghost characters called whisperers and you see them right away and as soon as you start the game i think they were even in the demo and the whispers float around, and they're weird. You don't know what they're you don't know what they're about. No. But without spoiling anything, they're pretty much, in my opinion, an extension of. No, I can't say that because that would be spoiling. I think that there's things that developers do in this game, especially near the end, that are really brilliant in how they nod to the fact that people playing the game realize that certain things are could be different in this version than the original and near the very end they literally put something in the story that says like 
Well, this story element is going to tell you that now all bets are off and this is no longer Final Fantasy VII. This is another game. Hmm. So it's essentially setting up the next chapter, whatever it might be, to be like all new canon, all new story elements from these, with these characters. Interesting. And I think how they did it, which again, I'm not spoiling it because it's revealed in such a really cool way. It's just so smart that they spent so much time in a story beat that explains like what fans are going to think about the game. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I hear you. Without saying what it is, I I, I really do want yeah, people to see it for themselves. I know a lot so, of people, including myself, still got to get through it. But this yeah. sounds like they're definitely making some changes. I've heard a lot of people uh, on Twitter, also not spoiling it, but but a lot of people saying, oh, you know, there's actually a lot to really discuss about this, and a lot of people are going to be surprised. And as always, some people will be interested, some people will be mad, but, you know, we'll talk about it in a little while. Talk about I'm it sure a little there'll while. be a lot of discussions. Yeah. yeah. Besides those little couple uh, frustrating parts of the second half of my playthrough, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I love these worlds. Again, it, in alternate mode, it felt like Final Fantasy XV, which I really enjoyed. And yeah, I mean, it, it did go a little bit long near the end. Yeah. You know, when they do the thing where like, this is the final battle. Psych. This is the final battle. Well, psych. They did it like three times. Yeah. But, other than that, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. I think if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, if you're just an RPG, action RPG fan, um, if you want to challenge yourself and do normal and you really like like making yourself work for, you know, doing the right system at the right time, then you might enjoy that too. But yeah, it's just epically done. And by the way, the whole game, especially the ending, is beautiful. I mean, remember, what's that, uh, the CG movie? Um with Final Fantasy. Advent Spirits Children. Within? Advent Children? Spirits Within. Spirits Within. What's Advent the, Children? That's another Final Fantasy spinoff, but the movie was Spirits Within. Okay. It, it just feels like a movie. It's like, it's it's crazy how good the graphics are. Mm. Yeah. So, highly recommend. Really how like where it's it going. Oh, how yeah. I looked, at my, I looked at my running time, and it was 28, I think? 26, oh, that's 28. that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Not for an RPG. No, no, no. And um, I mean, it could have went longer if I did those side quests and that damn girl who wanted her little fucking iPod filled up. Wanted her music, yes. Yeah. So I think you could add another 10 hours on that but and the VR missions and stuff. But in general, I think it's like a eight or nine probably for me and just a great time. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Fuck those helicopters. Sorry. Fuck helicopters. Fuck helicopters. All right. Thank you for that update. Um, I have a brief update on uh, No Man's Sky, which I think you're going to chip in on. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I started back up because of your recommendation. I All thought. right. Yeah, I've been talking about No Man's Sky for the last couple episodes, and I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, folks, but I am playing it a lot, and so I have to talk about it on the show because everything is content these days. Just a brief update. Making a lot of progress. I'm probably about 35 hours in, and it's going at a pretty good clip. I'm making lots of progress, doing like all the side quests, which I think are pretty interesting, and they're great because they introduce you to all of the various systems. And if you're not sure about how any of the systems work, and you're not sure what to do, just do the side quests, and they will they will take you through all of the the you know the farming and the base building and the freighters and all the stuff that you can do extra in that game. The side quests do that for you. So I'm doing those. And they're great. And I'm, I'm still loving the game. I'm still going to finish it. I feel like I'm getting pretty close to being kind of done with the side quests. I don't think that there's very much left. So I'm going to try to maybe... I may try to finish it before the next um, show, but we'll see. We'll see. But I, I do have to say, um, my first 25 hours or so was pretty great. Like, pretty smooth, good pacing, no problems. 
great tutorials, really reworked. But now that I'm getting in kind of the, uh, I mean, I don't know, end game stuff, I guess, or at least now that I'm doing some of the higher level systems, um, the game is falling apart on me a little bit. I'm finding a lot more bugs at the end than I did at the beginning. And I got to say, it's really kind of bumming me out. Um, the first time I hit a bug just really kind of pulled me out of the experience. And I just kind of shattered my immersion, you know, like I was doing things and going on quests and it was all coming together really lovely. And then I hit this thing, which is obviously a bug. And it's just, it just it kind of wrecked me for a day. Like I kind of got real bitter about it. I didn't want to play anymore, but it came back and I'll keep coming back to it. But yeah, I saw like on Twitter, for, you were like having issues. with it Oh recently. man, it just it sucks. And some of this stuff is broken and some of this stuff has been broken for a while. And I have to say, I'm a little bit salty with the developers because like, I know that they have a lot on their plate. I know it's a lot to keep this game going. I know they've added a lot. So I, you know, all due respect for that. But if you've got bugs that have been around for six months or a year, will you please fucking fix those? Especially when they are bugs that like everybody hits or when they're real common bugs, like not a one in a million thing. But for example, this one, uh, one side quest, I got three big examples here. One of them is there, you have to get an armorer to join your base. And so this is a, this is a very common side quest that I think probably most players are going to do. You get to the armor at one point, he's like, oh, I need you to kill eight sentinels. And sentinels are these robots that kind of fly around and stop you from doing stuff. So he's like, you got to kill like eight in a row and, and then come back. I'm like, okay, fine. So I got all my gear, start killing the sentinels. They start out with the small ones. Those are no big deal. You go to the medium ones. Those guys are a little bit harder. And then at the end, you have to kill like this giant fucking big, like at at Star Wars, like sized one. And he's like a real rough customer. So I kill that guy and I'm like, okay, there's my eight. And then the quest didn't check off. And then three more show up. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to kill more? Like the, I've already did the quest. I kill those guys because I'm in the middle of nowhere and I got to just fight them. I'm like, okay, so now I've killed 11 and I'm going to go back and turn on my quest. Nope, here come three more. And I'm what? like, oh my God, dude, I can't, I can't kill this money. Oh I got to get out of here. Oh my God, I can't do this. So I ran back to the base and those the, the, the sentinels are chasing me. And I'm like, I got to just turn in this quest. Hopefully it's going to fix it. I turn in the quest. Robots are going ape shit outside of my base. Like they're just having this like disco party. Like they don't know what to do. <laughs> they're like dancing around and then they fall over dead. And I've got dead robots in front of my base. And the guy seems to like go haywire. He gives me the reward and then he gives me the reward again. And then he gives me the reward again. What? That's and a like, serious oh my bug. God. And I go outside and then I built a bunch of stuff outside, like a generator and um, uh, a thing to refine minerals and stuff. That stuff got reverted to like what I had like six hours ago. So all the stuff that I had built somehow got reset. And I'm like, what the f is going on? Like, what? what is going on with this? So that got screwed. Um, the other thing today that happened, which I was 1 million percent not a fan of, is I'm flying my spaceship. I bought a new spaceship, flying around, like I'm on your ship, just kind of, you know, put it through spaces. I land at the, sp uh, the space station called the Anomaly. It's a multiplayer hub. I land in it, go inside, buy some shit, you know, do whatever, talk to people, come back out to where my ship is. All of a sudden, it's not my ship anymore. I'm, I'm like, what? what? I've... I, I, something happened, something got buggy where I landed, left my ship. When I left my ship, it was my ship. When I came back, it was somebody else's ship. I had no more ship. That person got my ship. I don't know what happened. Wait, you still code. don't have your ship? I mean, it was gone. Like, it was gone. Like, my ship was now this guy's, this, some other real player's ship. Like, it said PSN, PSN player Pete 66669 or whatever, his ship now. But wait, like, what, I wonder what his experience was like. Did he just all of a sudden, like, his ship transform or I have, I have no idea. I didn't know that guy. He's not on my friends list. I've never met that guy before. Whoa, that's um, so I was stuck on the anomaly because my ship was no longer my ship. 
That's not supposed to happen, ever. So luckily, there's a warp on the anomaly that sent me back to my base so I could leave the base. But that's a pretty fucking major bug that should never happen because you could get yeah. stranded somewhere. And, you know, I mean, I, we talked about this earlier. One of the main reasons I even got into No Man's Sky was because I was really excited about the new um, DLC or the add-on, which introduces living ships, right? I was really excited about that concept, and I thought that was really cool. Um, I got onto that quest finally. It took a long time. Somebody gifted me um, the egg that you need to start the, sh the, the quest, which was great. Thank you um, to that person who gave me the egg. And then I had to upgrade my engines and my ship, and I had to get this other material. Like, you couldn't just do it. Like, there was, like, this whole process to ramp up and do it. So I finally start the quest. I get all the stuff, upgrade my engines, start doing the thing. And this quest is fucking just awful it is awful it is so tedious and painful this game when you need to do something throws out a marker and it doesn't matter if it's across the universe or if it's in your home base or your home planet there's always a marker as to where you need to go which is great i like that but in this quest it says oh you need to take the egg to this mysterious place and the egg will let you know when you get there and it'll give you like a general coordinate so like you get there but then it's like okay you need to find the literal exact spot on this entire planet where the egg wants to be. And we're not going to tell you where it is. We're going to give you very general coordinates and then fly around. And then hopefully you're going to find it. And when you get close, you'll be there and we'll let you know when you're there, but keep looking. Uh, and so I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. This is the first time this has ever happened. Oh the game God. doesn't usually work this way. I fly to the planet. It's a fucking storm planet with like nuclear storms. So like, it's really deadly for me to be outside of my ship. I can only be outside for like 30 seconds at a time before I ask my life support runs out. And I'm trying to fly around. I can't find the coordinates. I'm, I'm literally circling for like 90 minutes in real time, dude. Just like flying around, uh, looking and looking and looking and looking and looking and looking and looking. Can't find it. Can't find it. Can't find it. Can't find it. I finally get frustrated. I land and I start to use my binoculars to look around. Can't find it. And what happens is, for whatever reason, this planet is buggy. So that, in general, when you walk around in No Man's Sky, if you get real far from your ship, you can just push a button. Your ship comes to pick you up. No big deal. In this planet, your ship will not come to pick you up. So I got real, real far from my ship the nuclear storm came back in i'm like no big deal i'm just gonna call my ship oh shit my ship will not come pick me up and i'm stranded um so i fucking died out in the middle of this goddamn nuclear wasteland which i shouldn't have died and the whole thing is just a big fucking drag right like and i look it up online literally everybody in the world is complaining about how they do this coordinates and make you search thing and it's just it's just a really bad idea it's just a terrible idea it's not yeah. fun we don't enjoy it and i just it's really really frustrating so hmm. it's real buggy it's kind of falling apart, and I just don't, uh, I just don't care for it right now. But it's weird because the the previous thirty hours have been really fun, and I'm just I'm hitting all these bugs, and it's kind of bad design, and it feels like they've really polished the front end of the game, which is great. But now the back end needs some work, and I don't know if they're going to get to it. I'm not quitting the game, but I just my frustration is kind of rising. So well, what is what has your experience been, Carlos? You jump back into it, right? Yeah, and um, this is going to continue in the frustration angle, unfortunately. Um, it's really interesting to hear all that because, yeah, I, I have said on the podcast many times that I really, really enjoyed my first time. Uh, yeah, you're a huge fan. You love this game. Back in the day when it first uh -oh. came out. Okay. Um, so I went back in and there was no option to continue. So whatever update they've done. Which oh, is, you couldn't carry over your old No, city? no. Everything's gone. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't see anything. Um, so I was like, that's fine. Though I wanted to start a new experience and see what they've done and how you've talked about on the podcast so much is that how they've streamlined the process. Yeah. Cetera. Yeah. So I started up, um, normal mode, normal game. Oh, people can join my game or whatever, et cetera. Now that's going to be online, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
do all the the regular things that happen because again i played 150 hours of this game essentially and immediately i was in third person and it was very jarring for me because this game originally was first person and i only played it that way for 150 hours so i thought like oh that may be a nice switch to just be third person now but i hated it i Mm. immediately didn't want that perspective because it took away the idea of the fantasy and the v virtual reality aspect of being on this planet. I don't know if that's how you felt, but for me, I like the idea of not having a avatar. As I'm, I am the total opposite. I hate it in first person. I love it in third person. Okay. I, I'm no interest in playing a first person game, but you can change it back. You can go back to first if you want. You to. can, which I did, which by the way is also cumbersome and isn't. They don't tell you about it. They're just like yes. bury in the controls, and so. Hope you I, find out. Yeah, hope you find out. So I switched it back and, and was like, okay, this is better for me. Uh, but immediately, yeah, the first planet they dropped me on was a poison planet. And uh, I've forgotten the controls. I've forgotten everything. And I think they do a pretty shit job, actually. Really? Going, going back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the fonts, and again, the, the, the character, the text is all small. Um, it is a little bigger at times, but sometimes it's really damn small. And having instructions not like in front of you but like in the bottom right i think is a a mistake as well because you just like are not accustomed to like looking down there for instructions sometimes so it definitely tells you kind of things to do down there in the bottom right but i just i was frustrated because i was like dying immediately which is never a good experience and i'd forgotten all the things on how to repair my you know suit and all that kind of stuff and then when i started trying to like mine for things with my little utility tool that ran out of juice and I forgot how to recharge that. So essentially I ran around, forgot what to do, was confused and I died. I motherfucking died on a poison planet. Cause I couldn't get away from all this poison smoke that was around me. Uh, and my, and they put you way away from your ship, you know? Yeah. You don't start right. There, you don't start correct, with your ship. Yeah. And in the original, you started with your ship. Cause you, but that fucking makes sense. Cause you, you know, like crash landed with your ship. But for some reason, this version now, you have to go running to the ship. So anyways, I died. Then I had to go back dead or Dark Souls style and get my shit, which I hated as well. And then finally got to the ship, and I just found all those things that I'd done in the past, which are grab resource, place it on top of item. Now the item is repaired. Uh, build and craft things, and then craft the things with other things, and then make a thing that crafts more things. And I was fucking out, man. I didn't want to do it. I just felt, no, I didn't want to do it again. I'd spent 150 hours or whatever, like figuring out those systems. And even them, I thought they were cumbersome. But going back to it, man, I was like, nah, like I I don't have the time or patience for this. Now, for you, this is your essentially first time going through all these systems. Yeah. I had built houses, worked hard on all the crafting things, building things that made more things. I'd done all that shit. What I wanted to go back into is see the kind of added features, uh, find more planets, look at this you know, living ship thing you're talking about, maybe find a mech suit, like the, the really exciting things. Uh, but I was immediately thrown back into just trying to survive. And yeah. when I finally got to the second planet where you've like got to get your message about the campaign, um, I started just like, gathering some resources and those fucking sentinels showed up and you know how certain planets the sentinels don't like you taking resources yeah they're very strict on certain planets oh yeah i remember that um 
as soon as I started like getting resources because I needed them for like my fucking suit, a little sentinel came over and like got mad at me. And I was like, not you again, you son of a bitch. I've dealt with you for hundreds of hours. So I'm out. Like I'm fucking out of this game. No thanks. I know it was like high on it last episode. But dude, I'm fucking out. I mean, it's interesting. This is really interesting. And this makes sense, dude. This makes total sense because you spent so much time. If I had put 150 hours into a game and then they did an update and my save was wiped out, I'd be, my blood would be boiling. I don't know. It wasn't even that though. You know, what's funny. It's not even the save that's gone. It's the, it's the same thing, man. Right, right, right. But that's what I mean. Like you have to go through all the grunt work again. I mean, I'm sure you had all the ships and you had the resources and you probably built a base and whatever you did in that first 150 hours just going back and like i mean doing that shit again like when i when i got stuck on the anomaly when my ship mysteriously became somebody else's ship i was like oh my god if i can't fix this there's no way i'm starting over because right i just don't want to do this shit again like i, I will literally never do this stuff again like i need right. to finish this game this time because if i don't i will never want to do this stuff again so I you're right it is the doing the stuff again part and also that for some reason maybe your pipe dreams that you've given me <laughs> that i thought it was like vastly different you know i was i was ready for like a whole new streamlined process and fuck no man if, if anybody listening to this podcast is actually a good psa for you if you heard us talking about it okay and you had played it in the past like me not a brand new person and you played in the past like me and you heard us talking about it and other people talking about the new streamlined processing and whatever. No, no, no. It's the same fucking game. You still have to find little pieces of resources, put them in your inventory, then craft those with other things. And it takes a long time to do anything. And you're still running out of shit all the time. So I will say this. The only way I would ever go back and anybody listening who is in my shoes where you played it and you don't want to go back to that, there is a creative mode or create mode. Creative, yeah. Yeah, creative. creative. And that's the only thing I would probably check out because it says that you have unlimited resources and you can just kind of fuck around in there. Yeah, you can just like anything that you need, you can just instantly um, create it and stuff. I didn't do that because I I wanted to learn how the game was. I wanted to learn the systems. I wanted to feel like what the developers had intended as far as... Yeah what the pacing was like and stuff. And now that I know what all the systems are, um, I believe you can go through all of the story stuff in creative mode. So if you want to do the story and just like check off the quest, you can do that. I mean, I'm fine with normal. I think based on what I remember, I feel like it's really improved. Um, but if you put a lot of time into it, I mean, it's, it's definitely not like a brand new game. I mean, it's still the same game, but for me, the changes were different enough to where it got me in. Whereas last time I didn't get in, uh, but if I was in your shoes, I probably would be feeling exactly the same way. I wouldn't want to do that stuff again. I would want like some kind of shortcut to do it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Makes I perfect like sense I like Hello Games, and again, I don't want to like give them hate because they think they built something really special and unique and and crazy and and beautiful. But I would say that new players, yeah, go in and check it out because I think it's it's probably a little better uh, now. But Anybody who played it before, like me, and I know a lot of you uh, who are listening or follow me on Twitter have, um, and you're thinking about going back, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't at all. Especially with oh. hearing your frustration, too, with, like the living ship thing being so difficult to get to. Like, I need something to reach out to, like, you know, aim for, because I'm not just going to yeah. play those systems again for another 150 hours. So. No, and I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I mean, if I was in your shoes, I would absolutely do creative and just get just jump ahead to the new stuff. Because, I mean, 
I, I like the experience of like growing this stuff and, and earning it myself. But if I had already done it, there's no yeah. way I would just, I would just want to like, just get me to the new stuff. And I've already mined all the stuff. I've already collected all the stuff. I don't need to do it again. So that makes perfect sense. Dude, I'm so. really disappointed. I'm like actually I'm now sorry. sad. I'm, my anger's oh, turned no. to sadness. Oh, no. All right. Well, we got one more feature. Hopefully this one will lift up your spirits before we okay. wrap the show. Folks, this week we asked a listener question. Um, now that we've all been in stay-at-home isolation for a while, are you beating more games, uh, less games, or the same amount of games as before, as in finishing them? And is there anything you're particularly proud of finishing? Just a real quick question. One is, you know, take the pulse, see what people are doing. Um, Carlos, do you want to start us off with the first response? Uh, yeah, I have the notes here in front of me, and let's do this. Uh, McGarnacle says, I've got young kids, so I'm playing far fewer games now without ability to play while traveling to and from work. Ah. Uh, lacking that commute time. That's yeah. something that uh, that people, people, if you ride a train or something, I'm sure, or a bus maybe. Yep uh zolbrod says same as before just faster because i have more free time uh patty stardust always an awesome name i'm actually wrote, uh, replaying a lot more and dipping in and out of things that i haven't played went on a demo spree a few days ago and added some things on my list to do list to grab soon oh demo spree is a good idea because remember we talked about how demos are kind of making a comeback they are making a bit of a comeback and i think basically all of the consoles they haven't really hyped them a lot, but they each have, I believe, a demo tab. If you just jump in there, probably a lot of stuff that you don't even know has a demo is in there right now. Yeah, demos are good for this uh, time at home right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Coffee Jesus says, I have mainly been drawn back to old favorites, finally having time to fall into them in a way that I haven't in a long time. Dark Souls 2 in particular, and have been streaming for the first time with it. I may fizz back to Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3, and Sekiro has been staring at me for a year. I would love to hear about that. Coffee Jesus. Yes, Sekiro. Um, business as usual for... Oh, I'm sorry. Adder Black 39 says, Business as usual for me. Uh, my work is deemed essential. Oh, so back to work. Nah. But he said he played quite a lot of Fallout 76, which can... Oh, that's a time suck. And Zelda uh, in the meantime, though. All right. Breath of the Wild. Goodman Trashylvania says finishing about the same number, but they've been longer RPGs, which always feel nice to check off. Yeah, RPGs are perfect for this stay-at-home time. Uh, Pete Lawson says the same finish. Oh, the same finish one game in a hundred as usual. What does that mean? You know, starts a hundred games but only finishes oh, one. Oh, right, right. The same get new games and they just go and play some kind of comfy pair of slippers game like Minecraft. Tropico or Fallout 76 behavior. I yeah. Hear that. I That's hear where that. you get a bunch of games and you're like, but I could also just be playing Minecraft. Yep. Absolutely. I, I can relate. Uh, Jesse Radonsky. I knew I was going to mess it up. Jesse Radonsky. I apologize, Jesse. Jesse Radonsky says more games for sure. I finished the last nine games I've played. Happy that I finished The Surge 2, Whoa. but there aren't really any games I'm surprised that I finished currently on my 27th game of the year. Nice. Good, Good for you, streak. man. Yeah. Right and on. also, the search, too, is hard. It's a tough one, yeah. Uh, Louis, oh, geez. Louis Fiatro. Okay, thank you. It's <laughs> uh, It's been the same for me. My free time hasn't changed, and I'm still the start and play till the end type. I'm very glad I started this whole deal by playing Outer Wilds, though. It took some dedication, and it's one of the best things I've ever played. Yeah, that's nice. a fun one to lose yourself into. All right. Excellent, excellent. Next comment comes from Marrakush. 
says, I am finishing more, actually. I'm not far off from completing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Then I'm going to go back and finish Doom Eternal and then back to Dragon Quest XI to finish that. I was about 40 hours in, so likely not even halfway. <laughs> oh, Dragon Quest XI is so good. Have we talked about it in this podcast? We have not. This is like before so. I like joined back up with you. It might have been, yeah. Okay. Uh, people, if you like, time. I will. RPGs, it's so good. Uh, Blockhead says, about the same, maybe a little more. And final comment comes from Nick's RIP says the same, but primarily while we're both spending more time at home than otherwise, we're also both working, which is true. He knows me pretty well, except this week I intend to do some gaming because I am taking a week off to decompress. Good for you. I think we could all do some decompression. Uh, and thank you all for the comments. Always nice to check in with the listeners. And with that, that takes us to the end of the show, folks. Thanks very much for listening. Carlos and I will be back with another episode in a few days. In the meantime, as always, we love your questions and comments. Uh, hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave comments at gamecritics.com when the show is posted there. We're on Twitter collectively, at sovideogames, but you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where can people find you this week? Uh, let's uh, have you all follow me at Artie, A-R-T-I-E, The Game. Uh, it's my Twitter account for my new indie game that I'm making right now. Uh, also, it's artythegame.com if you want to check it out and uh, subscribe to the newsletter, which I'm going to be making, which actually like gets you updates and access to the game before anybody else. And also, before we leave, I wanted to ask another question, if I may, Brad. Absolutely. Uh, here's a question. That's a really easy answer. It's yes or no answer. And I have a feeling it might be yes. And I'm surprising Brad with this question because he doesn't know what I'm about to say. And this is for all our listeners, right? This is for everybody. It's a real simple question, and we can tweet it out after. But uh, how many of you would like to? Uh, would you like to see the, or listen to this podcast live? Because we can easily stream this with OBS on my computer. Uh, so, Brad, would you ever be up to doing this live? I mean, why not? I, I don't see why not. As long as we uh, could find a time that listeners could listen in. I mean, I would not want to do it if we streamed it and no one listened because it was at a weird time. That would be very embarrassing. But it'll always be tricky. Like, you know, people, it's hard to find the right time. But maybe the question could be like, uh, do you want to listen to this live? And then secondly, if so, what time would work best? And yeah, then we sure. could, like, I'd be up for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because essentially we're recording it live. We don't do really much editing, um, if any. So, yeah, I thought it'd be fun because um, right. let's try it. Let's uh, throw it out there. We'll see what the listeners say. So, excellent, excellent. We will get that out there, and maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a live stream. We'll see. All right. Um, as for me, my social media info, always the same. It's on Twitter and Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And, folks, that is it for us. Thank you so much for joining us again on the So Video Games Podcast. We will be back soon, but in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. Bye from Carlos and also Bug Helicopters in video games. <laughs>